Episode 27 of The Paul George Show welcomes Dan Jurek. That whole sense that I'm a bad person or I'm not a good Christian or I'm not a good Catholic because I'm depressed. Well, it's not about that. That's just a place you're in and God can come to you in your darkness and bring light. The Paul George Show! Welcome to the Paul George Show. This week, Paul welcomes Catholic counselor Dan Jurek from Pax Renewal Ministries. He also discusses middle-aged loneliness, his perfect weekend, and a brilliant movie idea. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the adventurous Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Show. Adam Conk. Paul George. It's March Madness, bro. I'm mad, Paul. It is. It's March Madness. Do you do you know what March Madness is? I do, man, but look. Do you I, really? I gotta confess that I mean I used to watch Sports Center just like every normal red blooded American. And now I just don't. And it's been years and I'm just out of it. But I know it exists. Okay, so you do know. I will pay attention when it gets to like the final four. Okay, so March Madness, for those listening who don't know, just so you can enter into conversations in your office or your house or the grocery store Mm -hmm. in March, the NCAA, all the basketball teams play a tournament of 68 teams now, uh, and it's called March Madness. And it's it's probably, you know, one of the the most fun times in in the seasonal cycle of sports. Um, And honestly, I don't mean to offend you, I surprise you, you... March Madness was well, no offense, I guess taken, <laughs> taken. Well, and I know so you played college sports, right? But not basketball, right? But still, the the atmosphere of collegiate sport is special, right? Yeah, I think that you know, different than the pro sport, uh, collegiate sport is still these these young men who are you know just playing with passion and for their school and their name and. Uh, it's cool. And the one thing about March Madness is um, with the tournament, the way they do the tournament seedings is that everyone has a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have these really big conferences with really big schools who make the tournament, but um, these small conferences with these small schools, if you win your conference, you get in the tournament. And so everyone's got a chance to win. Yeah, which is different than like football or, or something else, right? Right, with football, it's like the top four teams, which is usually, you know, all mm. the big schools or whatever. So it's like this this idea of Cinderella, which they talk about. And like, who's the Cinderella in in the March Madness tournament, right? This idea that, that anyone can make it to the dance. The dance. The dance. That's nice. And find the prince. You know what I love about it, too, is it's one and done. So you will have upsets, some gut-wrenching upsets. But every every game you watch has that expectation of like somebody's leaving, right? And somebody's moving on, yeah. Which I like, you know, like the World Series or something. You got I don't get excited till like Game Six, I'm right? Like, All right, let me pay attention. But every game is Game Seven. Every game's a Game Seven mm-hmm. in the tournament. So anyway, it's March Madness, and uh, it's spring. It, it's kind of exciting. You love uh, this time of year, apparently. I you do love this time up. of year. Daylight savings time for us down here, which means that the days get longer. I hate it, though. Yeah, but it gets dark later. Yeah. So you get home from work. You get to play outside. I'm still trying to recover, though. Like, one of my favorite things to do is play outside. Like, that's... 
I, I still play outside. How do you play outside? Like with a shotgun or no frisbee? I mean, I might, but like I go outside just like I'm a kid. Like this is the way that I'm a kid. I still go outside and play. Describe play. Like when you got home from school when you mm-hmm. were a kid mm-hmm. and your parents were like, just go outside and play. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And w- come back in when it's dark. Just go play. I did basketball. I still go outside and play. I literally just say I'm going play outside. You climb something? Like what does play look like for you? Yeah, I'll shoot basketball. basketball I'll, okay. I'll kick balls. We have soccer goals. I throw. I, I run. I play with my kids all the time. But, That's great. But I just play. So, so yeah, it reminds me of this playful time of year, which when the time changes back and it gets dark at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it's pretty depressing to me. Well, we might agree to disagree on that because when you get – an hour of extra sleep like to me your body gets used to it bro not yet dude i'm still not recovered from this daylight which is interesting because somebody told me that there was a study done that said that um when daylight saving time happened we lose that hour of sleep it's like the the highest peak of depression and suicide yeah Yeah, I'm, i'm not surprised that to me is so sad right it is sad first of all that people would get that depressed and the suicide rate would go up um, but I do, honestly, like I do find myself with that lack, with the time change, I'm kind of out of it a little bit. Yes. It's like involuntary jet lag. It it's is like involuntary it's, jet lag. It's all of the negative aspects of travel without any of the fun. Like I'm not going to a different city, you know, in a different time zone experiencing that. I'm just staying here, but my body. Well, that's a good point, yeah. which is one of the reasons I, I loved Arizona, which we have some Arizona listeners they don't have daylight savings time. The time is the same all year round, which I think that's what we should do. This is yeah. like a hoax. This daylight savings <laughs> thing is a big fat hoax. And they just need to say, we have one time all year round because daylight savings time was implemented long, long time ago uh, to save energy and, you know, stuff like that. And we're just, we're at a different season and point in our history. Absolutely. And it's difficult for Catholics. Consider the Adoration Chapel, man. Okay. What happens at 2 a.m.? When you lose an hour, do you do you double it? Do you stay for two hours, or what about the reverse? When you gain an hour, do you just that person just skip their turn? I don't know. What do you do? That one day a year, it's the leap year of adoration, <sighs> Adam. It's a rough time. Yeah, but people do get depressed, which is uh, you know, kind of interesting. But I was reading this article. This is a fascinating article that was sent to me. All right. It says this. This is from the Boston Globe. This journalist wrote this. He did a study. Uh, middle-aged man married with kids. All right? So you're following along. A lot like you. He's, yeah. He says the biggest threat, get this, the biggest threat facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity. It's loneliness. Loneliness. He says as men grow older, check this out, they tend to let their friendships last, but they're still time to do something about it and basically he says there's a there through the studies that that men as they're getting older they're getting lonelier so they're losing friendship and companionship and they're dying sooner what then like not because of like smoking or obesity like what he's saying uh but yeah like how depressing is this like is this what i have to look forward to well i mean what are you going to do about it that's my question well, and this is the point that he gets to. So mm-hmm. he makes this case that uh, men aren't necessarily trying to be lonely. You get busy. Okay, so you work all day. Check this out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get your kids. So you come home, and it's like, you know, 
power hours of kids, and then and then you catch up with your spouse, whom you love or should be loving, uh, and then you, and then you sleep, and then you do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And so, like the cycle is happening so bad, and, and we're in a generation. What he's saying is that parents are f- so afraid to do something without their kids, and dads are kind of like. You know, I just want to be all involved in my kid's life, which is important. But the balance, he's saying, of having friendships is essential. So what's happening is men are just losing friendships over time because because they're they're it's not really part of their life or priority. And they're lonely. Hmm. Even married men are lonely. And so what he's saying is that, uh, yeah, your spouse is certainly your companion, but it can't replace the male friendship or if someone a female having like gender friendship yeah it makes sense to me because everyone in my family has a certain perspective a certain quality to the relationship but there's a certain quality of relationship where i'm friends with someone who's not in my family right like the only investment you have with me is our friendship versus you know we're in this life together kind of thing yeah and sometimes guys just need to talk about march madness yeah, and sometimes we need to talk about deep things, but sometimes we just need to talk about sports, yeah. and have that fellowship and drink beer, and I think it's it's important for the soul, both men and women, to have friendships, and that community. And honestly, it makes me sad that people would be dying lonely and sad. Yeah, which is interesting because we're going to talk about this today. I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, Dan Jurek is a counselor. We're going to talk about this idea of loneliness and depression and and um, and what do we do about it? So this guy in the article makes the case that eventually uh, it lands on you and I being intentional mm-hmm. about having those friendships. Mm-hmm. He's saying that females sort of kind of just naturally do these friendships and they you know, it, it kind of happens and they can connect anywhere. Women can connect anywhere and and... For men, if they're not intentional and planned, it doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, every Wednesday night we're playing cards and eating, you know, and we're showing up at this time. So if you're not intentional about having those friendships, basically the first thing that, that gets kicked out of your priority is friendship. And it could kill you. Yeah, that's like freaking me out, man. <laughs> I can tell you're nervous about this. Yeah, because I'm a middle-aged man <laughs> with a family and I'm thinking. Okay, well, what is middle-aged? Can we define that? Pro- I, I don't know, 40s? Okay. I mean, I'm See, not. I was thinking more like 50s. Well, it's both. I mean, I, middle age. Would, <laughs> when would middle age start? I don't know. Forties. I mean, I guess I, I don't 50s. really. It, it doesn't matter. What he's saying <laughs> is that that uh, if you stay on this trajectory, mm-hmm. you'll be lonely and you'll die sooner. Well, don't do that, Paul. Like you're better off smoking. I'm gonna pray for you, Paul. That you can. You're better off smoking with friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than dying lonely, Keep not friends, smoking. Paul with friends so anyway we'll be right back it's a paul george show excited to have dan jurek on the show
Welcome back to the show. It's Paul George. Great to be with you today. Excited about our guest today, Dan Jurek, PaxRenewalCenter.com. Dan, how are you doing today? Good morning, Paul. I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, Dan, you're, uh, you're a full-time counselor. Uh, you do great work at Pax Renewal Center. Uh, and I, I'm really excited to get in our conversation today. Uh, I got a ton of questions. We probably won't get to them all. Uh, and so we're going to have to have you back on. But how in the world did you get get to the point where you decided that you were going to go into counseling and begin to to kind of deal with people's baggage? I guess you could say. <laughs> well, um, it, it was a ongoing thing. My first, uh, I graduated from the University of Steubenville. Uh, with a master's degree in Christian ministry back in 1984. I started teaching high school and was a high school religion teacher. Very long story, made very short. Jane and I, my wife and I, moved here uh, to Lafayette, Louisiana in 1990, where I became campus minister of St. Thomas More um, High School and uh, taught religion as well. Um, was there for a few years, went and worked at the collegiate level as a college campus minister with at Our Lady of Wisdom Church and Catholic Student Center here in Lafayette at ULL, uh, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, and then um, went back to STM, trying to keep that very long story short, went back to STM as religion administrator, guidance counselor, mm. and it was during that time that I really uh, discerned uh, with my wife and a few other key people that it was time for me to leave high school uh, education, high school campus ministry, and um, I really felt called to continue to work with married couples especially, but the whole area of counseling. So I went back, got my second master's degree in um, marriage and family counseling at Our Lady of Holy Cross College in New Orleans, and uh, started my private practice shortly after graduation. I had to get my license, um, so I had to do the two-year stint. Did that back at the university. Um, I'll leave that story out. But um, but my real sense was that I wanted to work with marriages uh, and families, continue to work with individuals who are really finding life uh, difficult, and to be able to have the tools, the skills, the training, the expertise to really walk them through and not just give them advice. Yep, yep. Because advice, oftentimes, even with the right intent, advice goes bad mm. and is bad. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and so I really wanted to be an instrument of help, um, but from a very professional perspective. So we started... Um, Renewal Center was just me, myself, and I back in in 2003, I believe it was. Gotcha. Right around there. And um, I've, we've added now four other associates here. And um, just really, uh, my expertise or my, um, I guess, my niche is both working with individual adults with a whole bunch of areas. One of them we'll talk about today, depression, mood disorders, anxiety, trauma, life transition issues. But then my other niche is working with couples. Gotcha. Uh, and especially couples that are really in a very high conflict 
uh, struggling place. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm talking to Dan Jurek at Daniel underscore Jurek on Twitter, PaxRenewalCenter.com. So if you're listening, you're not located in the Louisiana area, and you're thinking, you know, I can't go to Pax Renewal for any help or advice or counseling. Uh, you guys have a great website, and you do webinars. A lot of them the webinars are free, uh, not only from you, but other uh, other counselors there. So you guys provide right. a lot of really cool resources uh, for people. And I really wanted to connect people to that website because, you know, you're often sending out these webinars and I'm thinking, man, people need to see this. You know, people need to log on to this because you do stuff for married couples, like you said, which is um, super fruitful, uh, the content that you're putting out there. And then also for individuals, um, and whatnot. So in the first segment, Adam and I were talking about this, this recent, um, article that was written in the Boston globe, Dan, that, uh, this guy did research and saying that the, 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 basically, um, the, the thing that's going to, uh, the, the biggest threat, he says the biggest threat facing middle-aged men, uh, as they move forward in life, isn't smoking or obesity, it's loneliness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he did this whole study that, that, that basically, you know, guys are kind of so busy, they lose friendships, they get lonely, which leads to depression, and they die sooner, you know, which is a super depressing article. But he kind of ends it by saying, hey, we, we can get back to friendship and community, yada, yada, yada. But reading that article and talking to people, uh, like, is depression a real thing? Yes. I know it sounds like it, a basic question, but I really need yeah, to hear it, it from a professional. It really is. It's a very real thing. Um, we can even go to our faith, like the scripture where um, Saint uh, King David says, Why so downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Right. Put your hope in God. I mean, King David was... You know, and we won't go into the whole biblical story of King David, but, you know, yeah, he killed Goliath, but there was a whole period of time uh, Saul and the army of the Israelites were tracking him down to try and kill him. Hmm. Yep. The Philistines hated him. Yep. He he was isolated. He was alone. He was in this place of despair and hopelessness. Hmm. And and, and that experience... uh, you know, for King David and so many of the other um, uh, characters and people of the scriptures was so real. We've got a book of lamentations right. of people crying out out of the depths of their soul, their despair, their hurt. Where is God? And there's a sense of hopelessness. Now, mm. you won't see the word depression in the Bible, okay. but you will see it's uh, symptomology everywhere, okay. and one of the things you mentioned, Paul, is this isolation space, this mm-hmm. loneliness, this sense of feeling, and that's really uh, depression for men is unique because you don't always sense with men that we're sitting in corners crying right. and having these crying bouts, but there's this sense of loss of life itself. Mm-hmm. There's this aloneness and loneliness. There's a sense of um, apathy. The things we used to enjoy, we don't enjoy doing anymore. The, the social withdrawal, we don't want to go be with people, we don't want to go be with family, we don't want to be with friends. We just kind of get into a place of hopelessness, worthlessness, 
and sometimes even inappropriate or appropriate guilt that turns into shame. Hmm. So, so in a in a nutshell, yeah, depression is very real. And then you move into and I'll just finish here. Yep. You move into like the Middle Ages with Saint John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila. They talk so much not about the dark night, but the distinguishing factors between the dark night, which was much more of a spiritual thing, and then the struggles that individuals did have mm. in mood, and they wanted to be sure that there was a um, a real distinction made, and that's that's a whole nother piece of the puzzle we probably don't have time for, but it just to answer your question in the long and short, yes, yeah. depression it's real. Well, I love your long answer because it really kind of explains it. And and even as you relate it biblically, it really, like as I'm listening, as a listener to you right now, I'm thinking, so so it's okay if I feel depressed or if I get depressed. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Like like God doesn't, you know, create me bad. Like, like you know, all these thoughts of shame and guilt just around feeling depressed uh, kind of keep people from admitting that they're actually dealing with depression. Do you ever find that? Oh, yeah. Uh, that whole sense that I'm a bad person or I'm not a good Christian or I'm not a good Catholic because I'm depressed. Right. Well, it's not about that. It, right. it's, it's That's just a place you're in, and God can come to you mm. in your darkness and bring light. I love that. Through, through your own help of either getting professional help or taking the steps needed you know, and I know we'll talk about this later, but doing some of the interventions needed to get out of that. But as, you know, people of faith come into my office, Paul, that is really it. There's a shame that says, oh, I must be a bad Catholic, or I must not have enough faith because I'm depressed. Well, let's look at the scriptures and realize some pretty key people of faith struggled with this place of despair, this hopelessness. Hmm. And it's where God comes to us, right? We were all hopeless, as St. Paul says. We, we were all falling away from God's favor in a place of despair, and yet God comes to us through his son Jesus. Man, that's great. I'm talking to Dan Jurek, PaxRenewalCenter.com. you got to check out the website. Really cool stuff. Um, you know, as you're talking, it's really actually just calming me down, you know, uh, and... and just thinking about this idea of depression and and being okay and admitting there's a lot of freedom that comes with just owning and admitting and just being in the light uh, like you said like we sort of feel like we're bad or we're shameful or we're a bad catholic or we're doing something wrong um and as you know as you're talking it's it's just becoming clear to me um you know that that this is part of life and all of us are just living life and what life deals us sometimes is just difficult, right? Right. Absolutely. It is the walking through life, whether it's loss of a job, whether it's being in a job you don't like, whether it's bigger things like losing a family member, hmm. losing a marriage, these things put distress into us and it changes us physiologically it it sucks the hope out of us, and um, that is when, as Christians, we have that great opportunity to cry out from our spirit, where are you, God? And though we walk through that dark valley, 
we have nothing to fear because he is with us. Amen. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue this great conversation with Dan Jurt. It's Paul Jorchu. back to the show. Paul George, great to be with you today. Having a fascinating conversation with Dan Jurek at Dan, Daniel underscore Jurek on Twitter, PaxRenewalCenter.com. Great, great website, great ministry that you guys are doing uh, with your counseling. Um, do you guys tie in, you know, this professional counseling and some spirituality in what you're doing, Dan? Yes. When, well, I can never just turn it off. So it's just it's just who I am. But okay. when I'm with a client, um, I want to meet them where they're at. And if they're if they don't bring up God, if they don't want to talk about their relationship with God, I'm not going to force that because we can talk about love in so many other ways. Right. Um, so I want to respect the person that comes to my office. But if they say, you know, my faith is an integral part of you know my journey or I want to grow deeper in my faith, or I want to understand it better, well, then I feel like you've come to the right place. Yeah. I can help walk into that. Hmm. Because it's really coming from their own desire and their own... They want to use that as a tool and a leverage to continue to grow as a human person. Gotcha. So then we'll use it. But I will just bring myself to the counseling process, and therefore I bring my faith to it, and I will do that either very... Um, uh, subtly and carefully by just shining the light in the space or we'll just do it matter-of-factly and speak about it directly. But very naturally, which makes so much sense. So we're talking about and having this conversation about depression. Uh, Are there different levels of depression? You know, like in winter, I find that, uh, you know, I might have a couple of days where I'm depressed and it's like seasonal depression or something. And then, you know, is there long-term depression? Is there chronic depression? I hear all these terms, Dan. I'm not sure right. where they belong, but maybe you can give me a brief rundown uh, of what, what that looks like. Well, depression is incredibly complex. And so to try and keep it simpler, um, to use maybe a lame metaphor, let's take, a, you know, like today I'm sitting here in my office, I'm looking outside, there's not a cloud in the sky. But then every once in a while, there's a few clouds, and if you're standing under that cloud, there's a little darkness, but you pretty much see light, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and then you've got those days where it's just a whole cloudy day, and then we've got, like, especially down here in South Louisiana, we get these long stretches of just darkness. It just seems we don't see the sun for days upon days, Mm -hmm. and it seems to affect our disposition. Well, depression is similar to that. There's mild, there's moderate, there's severe depression. There's, you know, uh, depression that comes out of grief. And so to take a look at it, um, again, it's really complex, but to try, you know, for the listener that's listening in, you want to take a look at a couple different things. One of them is you want to, how intense does this feel? On a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being incredibly debilitating, mm. what would you give it as a number mm. today? What would you give it as a number of the last two weeks in a general sense? And if that number is five or more, you know, and this is random, then it's probably in the moderate 
to moderate severe range. Okay. And it gets heavier the longer you carry it. Okay, so it so gets again, heavier, the, and is it consistent? Like it doesn't go and away? Stays, and it stays, well, it, you'll have a good day, but then in two weeks you'll have one good day, and you'll go, oh, I'm doing great. Okay. And then you'll have another two weeks. Okay, gotcha. A bad day. So it can be consistent, it can be inconsistent, so you want to look at both the short-term and mm-hmm. longevity. How long has this been going on? generally for you. Right. Then you want to look at intensity. How intense has it been? I mean, if you go from zero to 10 in two days, chances are something happened. Mm. Something happened in your life. But if not, then wait, what was that about? And did it just come like a flash in a pan and then you're fine? Or did it take you down a dark hole that you don't seem to be able to get out of for a while? Gotcha. Um, So again, to kind of either measure it with numbers like 0 to 10 and then how long has this been going on generally, or has this been a, a gloomy day for the last three months in my life or the last three weeks, or everything I try to do doesn't work. I try to exercise. I try to, you know, get out and be with people, and it just I can't get out of it. Okay, nothing's pulling me out. Right, and okay. so... Small depression, little depression, or mild depression, it's easier to carry for any short period of time. Okay. But even light depression carried over a very long period of time subtly becomes a slippery slope into apathy, discouragement, a change of mood. And so, you know, we oftentimes need those in our lives to help us see it as well. Okay. That's where, you know, clinical uh, psychotherapist comes in or a spiritual director or a mentor and just be able to say, you know, I've been feeling this way for a while. I just can't seem to get out of this hole. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm talking to Dan Jurek, PaxRenewalCenter.com. Great website with great resources. Dan's a uh, full-time counselor, uh, does great work. And, uh, you know, Dan, there's nothing wrong with getting help, right? Like, what is it in our culture where we're sort of, you know, we hate to reach out and say, hey, I need help right now. You know, like, I might not be depressed my whole life, but I'm going through a season where I need help. At what point do does someone need to reach out and say, you know, I need to talk to someone about this? Yeah, and that, you know, that could be three more segments here, Paul, because that's a sociological thing right now in our culture. We're so self-focused and autonomous, and we, especially as men, we got this rugged individualistic mentality that says that's what a real man is, Um, but even for women, I've got to be stronger. I can't let, you know, I can't let this weakness show, or somehow, as we talked earlier, this is a flaw in my faith, so I'm just going to work harder that's more of our cultural thing, and what I really wish we would all learn to do is reach out immediately. Hmm. Why wait to dig the hole and right. be in the bottom of the hole? That when you know it immediately, put it in the light of truth with a brother or a sister or a spiritual director, a mentor or a counselor. Get it in the light of truth and see if you can stop digging that hole of darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Or falling into the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, my answer is handle it immediately. Deal with it as soon as you notice it's there. And chances are you'll have a, a um, easier way out of that hole. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, one of the greatest things I ever did for myself, and I say this in a selfish way, uh, is you know I was towards the end of college. There were certain things that I just couldn't get through and past um, that that I drug with me my whole life. And you you know I was in my early twenties, and I'm thinking if I want to move forward, uh, like I, I I've got to deal with this stuff, you know. And uh, and the best thing I did was I, I went to this counselor named Jake. I sat on his couch. And I said, I'm going to be here as long as, I'm, I, as I got to to deal with this stuff. And, and we met for a few months, maybe three or four months. It was the best time of my life. It was a difficult time. But I look back on that time and just think, man, if I wouldn't have done that, uh, I'm not sure where I would be today. And if people are listening, I want to encourage those people to reach out to a friend or see a counselor, get help. It may be just the season you're going through. Like you said, Dan, it may be you're dealing with a loss of job or a move or a, a death. And that's kind of spun you into this, this experience you've never had in your life. And you need to talk to someone. I think it's important to make that decision to get help and to talk to someone. Don't you? Absolutely. And we know too, Paul, that if people are in a strained marriage or strained family relationships, at least one of the people in that relationship system is probably showing symptoms of depression, if not more. Gotcha. And so if your family's going through a hard time, if you're going through a hard time in your marriage, chances are one or both or one of the family members is struggling with the symptoms, the classical symptoms of depression. Okay. So if I have a bad day, it's rainy outside, and something bad happens at work, uh, and I'm just ticked off, uh, it's not necessarily depression. But if, it, if it's consistently over time, and this pattern of behavior and the intensities there. What are some practical things that I can do or listeners can do to move forward or to get help? The first thing is to ask for help. A lot of times our pride okay. and our faith and our personality gets in the way of asking for help. We, we assume that asking for help is a, is a sign of weakness but asking for help is actually a sign of strength. You know, no no soldier goes into war by him or herself, right? Right. You go in with companions. Yep. Uh, in some ways, this is part, not the whole, but part of the spiritual battle for freedom. Mm. And go with a brother or a sister. Ask someone... Uh, what I will do when people call me from outside of Lafayette, um, outside of even uh, Louisiana, and they say, Dan, you know, you know, do you know anybody here in Houston or whatever? I say, first thing to do is call your parish priest, or your, at least your parish office. I'm sure your parish priest has a list of counselors they trust. Go get help. Hmm. Speak to your parish priest. He can probably refer you to somebody. Yep. Um, find a men's group or a woman's group or a Come Lord Jesus group or a Bible study and ask the leader, do you know of anybody or can you help me? Yep, yep. Reach out for help. It usually feels better. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just when you ask. Yeah, and I think that is a step for us is to to ask. And, you know, in this article we were reading is the, the responsibility for us to, to build friendships uh, in our lives to take the initiative. But if you're listening, uh, I want to encourage you if you need help, get help. But if you know someone who's dealing with depression, maybe God's asking you to reach out to them 
uh, mm-hmm. to help them to get help and to encourage them. There's nothing wrong uh, with us when we deal with these seasons of life. God created us, and we live in a tough world, and he loves us and wants to journey through us. And I love your point about freedom. Dan, this is a fascinating conversation, and I've already scheduled you to come back in a few weeks to talk more mm-hmm. about this. So I can't thank you enough. You're welcome, Paul. Great to be with you. God bless. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here. Great to be with you today. Uh, what a show. Adam, you've been quiet over there in your corner. Well, every time I talk, you fuss at me, so I have to be quiet. <laughs> I know. We need to go Facebook Live or live on the show soon. I think we need to look at that. So if people want it, uh, let us know. Tweet it out. That'd I think fun. it would be fun so people could see you basically sitting in the corner. Like in timeout? Yeah, in timeout. I have my little notebook, and I literally write the six-pack of questions as the guest is talking and something provokes Well, me. And if we went live, we could have people send in questions. That'd be awesome. To see if we'll put them in the six-pack, you know? Yeah. And if they get in the six-pack, maybe they get a prize. Yeah. It like, could be fun. Like a sticker or a jelly bean. A coupon. A coupon. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, what'd you learn on the show today? Well, I learned that you apparently think that I'm not into sports at all. Like, you don't see me as an athletic, sporty kind of person. That's true. I didn't know that before. That's true. So now I know. But I do know that you you do play basketball and you do know basketball. But I just wanted to make sure, because I have made some sports or cultural references, whether it be about, like, the Grammys or some sport, and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, which is fun. It's fun to me. Yeah. Funny, too. So that's what I learned. What did you learn? I I learned three things today. Cool. Uh, First is uh, I'll die young if I'm lonely. I'll die younger, which is hugely depression, which I learned that depression is real. (laughs) And and then I I did learn that uh, Cinderella always has a chance. Mm. 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 I love the story of Cinderella. Do you? Yeah. But I think they need to do a male version like Broarella. Mm-hmm. Broarella? Yeah. Would you star in that? <laughs> what would be the glass slipper? like? Uh, it would be like a boot. A boot. Yes. A Steel cowboy boot. boot. Steel toe cowboy boot. <laughs> Broarella. <laughs> Makes it to not the dance, like the ball, but no. like to the football game. The football game. Yeah. 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 And he, well, didn't they make this? It's called Rudy. No. No. I mean, no. that is the story of Rudy, isn't it? No. All right. No, I'm the male, I'm talking about a legit male version of Cinderella. Okay. Broarella. With like three blind mice, everything. Yeah, but the not mice cuz I I would go like three blind like rattlesnakes. Like, yeah, rattlesnakes. <laughs> it's all got to be manly, you know. Like a pumpkin doesn't turn into a carriage. It's got to no, be like turns into like this Harley or a Yeah, it's got to be like an elephant that turns into like like a like a truck. Yes. With big mud tires. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's what that's what I learned today. I think you're going to get a call from Hollywood. I love it. Yeah. I mean, people need to uh, pick my brain, you know? You and I together, right? <laughs> Scary brain. So anyway, how about those six packs of questions? Question. Question number one. So... I found this interesting. Y'all didn't comment on it too much, but you and him had the same job, which was campus minister at UL. That's true. What do you think are some, you know Dan a little bit at least, mm-hmm. apparently you know him. What do you think are some attributes that you and him actually share 
that came in handy as campus minister of UL. Well, we don't look alike. No, you don't. Um, Dan's like, dude, I love this guy. And uh, he's doing great work, Paxton Renewal Center. So, uh, and the, the great thing about him, which I wanted people to know, is that you don't have to, to live in his town to kind of be resourced by the, by the work. So the webinars and stuff that he does. Um, Dan loves people. And I think that's the characteristic that I have that she shares is that when he talks about desiring people to be free, like that's what I love in life. So that's what I would say to answer your question. Free the people. All right, question number two. So I talked a good bit about depression. Yeah, yeah, this show is kind of... <laughs> but it's not a depressing show. It's a hopeful show. No, it's a very hopeful show, but we had, you know, we talked about but it a little talk bit in the first it. segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so what was the most depressing chapter of your life? If your life was a book with chapters, which would be the more depressing one? Well, I kind of mentioned it. There was this window in college where I had this major transition, you know, I transferred to a new college, uh, you know, not necessarily on good terms with, with sports. And, like, I just hit a brick wall with failure. I started dealing with some things that I've never dealt with in my life. And I couldn't snap out of it. Like, I, I was dealing with some self-hatred, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, uh, that's when I reached out. And finally just said, yeah, I just want to talk through this and I need someone to kind of help me process what's going on. And that window, that season was difficult, but I look back on it and just think that was a really great season. And I just sat on the, on Jake's couch in his office and just talked through things. It was really good. Like a caterpillar to a butterfly kind of thing. Uh, something like that. And I have How, no idea. Oh, we're talking like a year, six months, a year. Yeah. Two? It might've been like a six month process, you know? I didn't live on the couch <laughs> there every day. <laughs> hey, but, Jake. Just... But it was like once a week or so, and I kind of, you know, f but then I felt progress. Like I mm -hmm. felt like this journey towards freedom and letting go of some things that, that I couldn't let go of and moving forward, and, and it was good. I look back on that time, and what it did for me is it gave me tools that in future seasons that I would face and continue to face, I kind of have those tools built in to kind of deal with it. Right on. Yeah. All right, question number three. Three. You actually said this. I, I said it. This, but you said to Dan that what he was talking about was calming you down. Do you remember this? Yes. All right. So <laughs> what are some go-to things that you do to calm down or relax, like in your day-to-day -day life, other than talk to Dan on the radio? Yeah, what, what I was saying by calming me down is, like, I just think, you know, the way he was explaining it is like, it just gives us permission to be okay. Mm. And, and I think we often just need to give ourselves permission to be who we are or admit the season that we're in or the things that we're dealing with. And I, and I thought it was great things that calm me down. Yeah. Uh, sitting in a boat on a lake. Oh yeah. Yeah. How often does that happen? Like fishing, but even not like just yeah. basking in the sun, playing in the yard. I'm an outside person. Uh, I love quiet. Um, so things that calm me quiet down. calms you down. Uh, reading, good book. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, eating. <laughs> like what? Like meat. You're a big meat fan. Yeah, I'm a guy. That makes sense. Cool. Well, now we know. A prayer. Prayer. Certainly, oh, every yeah. day. Oh, yeah, prayer. Uh, I mean, like, huge. Yeah. Like, massively huge. Like, like, with, if I go a day or two without prayer, like, noticeable in my life. 
the ability to contemplate and think and reflect, ask forgiveness, ask for God's guidance, sit, be, let the Lord speak, huge. So on the weekend, we can find you on a boat, eating a steak, praying while reading a book. That would be the best day ever. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Yes. Why would the average Catholic need to deal with depression in their life? Like what benefit, and you've worked with a lot of people and you've Mm -hmm. seen the transformation that dealing with stuff makes. So what benefit comes to someone's life when they actually deal with it? Yeah, I think it's interesting because a lot of times when we come into faith or we come to know Christ, there's a certain parts of our life that are set free and we have this new freedom in our life. I think oftentimes, though, people can hide behind religion from their psychological issues or their depression. And they think that, you know, faith will fix everything. But there's certain patterns of behavior maybe we've carried our whole life. Maybe certain things of brokenness we've never dealt with. Uh, maybe we're facing something right now or situations that spin us out of control or into depression or a hole. And we think, oh, you know, my faith will fix it. And it's just not always the case. Faith is a part of that and a relationship with Christ. Like, like, you know, grace and nature work together. Sometimes we need help. We need counseling. We need people in our life to help us through certain things. Right. Yeah. And so, I think oftentimes when I meet with people, they're like, you know, am I not praying enough? Uh, Do I need to go to adoration more? Yeah, all those things are really great. But you actually need help. You actually need to talk to someone. You need some professional advice to get through this. Yeah. All right. Number five. Do you you ever ask a question and then you think, Paul didn't even answer the actual question? No, you always do a great job of answering. I'm very impressed with your focus on answering the question. Okay. You seem very committed to that. Okay. And I appreciate it. It is the six-pack of questions. <laughs> it's it's an important thing. Number five, you, both of y'all talked about being in a metaphorical hole. Okay. You know, like you just get in a hole and you can't get out of it. Yeah. Have I ever been What's in the a biggest hole? real hole you've ever been in? <laughs> and side question, have you ever been literally stuck in a hole? Have I ever literally been stuck in a hole? And if not, what's the biggest actual so, hole you've ever been in? So so you know that, that, that truck, the bro truck, in the Brorella movie. Yeah. Well, I I went mud riding before and got my truck completely stuck in a hole. Couldn't get it out. Mm. Like, well, ha- like, couldn't push it out. Had to get, like, multiple trucks to pull it out. Wow. What was that like for you? It was fun. <laughs> it was actually so it's really... It's fun f- to be stuck in a hole. Yeah, but to kind of tell my dad, hey, <laughs> uh, you know that truck? It's... uh. Yeah, I don't know about it right now. But have have you ever been in a hole? No, that's scary to me. It's like really, like an actual hole. Like who would want to fall in a hole? Well, like okay, so you've been in the Grand Canyon. I assume you live yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, that's a pretty big hole. I wouldn't say it's a hole. Okay, so you've never been in a hole. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know. Just you're getting in a hole right now. I guess let's dig our way out of this one, huh? All right, number six. So you mentioned focusing on married couples a lot yep. and also how good Catholics are ashamed to have problems. Have you noticed in working with a lot of good Catholics that the good Catholic couple might be ashamed to admit marriage problems? Absolutely. I think a lot of times. And we can hide behind the sacrament and we can hide behind, oh, we're, we're Catholic or what people think about us. And I think in particularly with marriages, which I'm going to bring Dan back on we're going to talk about it, is we can hide our depression or our problems within our marriage and think we can just handle it there. 
And oftentimes marriages, we just need help. We need a mediator to come in and kind of talk us through things and, and help us. And sometimes it's an individual issue. Like it's one person, a couple that's really dealing with some stuff and they got to get some individual help. And sometimes it's a combination of people, but we'll talk about that at another time. But it's a great question. Adam, thanks for the show today. Uh, it's the Paul George Show. You can find us on iTunes, the podcast, uh, paulgeorge.la. Keep sharing, spreading the word. It's the Paul George Show. See you next week. God bless. Bye.